0: Oh, Messiah Bright bursting through the centre, Messiah Bright! She's gone all the way through! Messiah Bright off the bench and
1: onto the score sheet for Orlando Pride, and they are level. And that is her first NWSL goal.
0: What's good and welcome to another episode of Diaspora United. I am Andre Carlisle and I am here as always. Again, it's been a while. We missed y'all, but we are here and I am here with Courtney Stith. World traveler, Courtney Stith, how are you?
1: I'm okay. Can't lie. No, actually I'm really sleepy for the first time probably (laughs) since I was Honestly, for the first time, I'm saying, at least two to three years, I fell asleep on the couch last night, which is very rare for me. I literally had dinner and I just curled up and I was like, OK, I'm going to watch them TV on my phone while I was just like lounging on the couch and literally just like fell asleep and slept from like 10 to midnight. And I woke up <laughs>
0: hot and confused. Yo, listen, this I love myself a nap. But I hate falling asleep on the couch because there's no way to not wake up hot and confused. And I hate it. I always get a little headache, too. I don't know why that happens. It's only falling asleep on the couch. I hate it.
1: Yeah, I was like, I take a nap on my bed perfectly fine. There's something about the couch where I literally just woke up. And I woke up and I was like, all the lights are on. (laughs) Where am I? I was like, I need to take a shower. Um, And then I just went and um, then got in my bed and then stayed up till like 2 o'clock in the morning. It was very weird. But then I slept late today very confusing naps especially now it, because of daylight savings is over officially i like now when the sun sets my body's like take a nap and i'm like Girl the <laughs> pop it's 8 p.m i can't take a nap right now it's like i just gotta like go to sleep and so it's very confusing so i'm still quite sleepy i like came back today and i was like mm, i could go for a nap and my body was like it's 8 45 p.m it's like oh no Andre, yeah. how are you?
0: I, I'm I'm debating whether I should share my my worst nap story. And now that I brought it up, I guess I have to.
1: Well, I mean, tell the people. Please share. Share with the class.
0: <laughs> so, um, oh man, this is gonna get vulnerable. My, <laughs> my my biggest fear is snakes. I hate them. I think they're evil creatures. I don't like they them. Are. I know that people talk about them and say they're misunderstood or whatever. Well, I don't care. Nothing bullshit. should look like they're that. They're the Move worst. Like that. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, So I was, I fell asleep once on the couch and I was just, you know, as you do, it was getting hot. You know, I was getting to that point where I was getting a little anxious or whatever, but I was still asleep. And then I guess a pillow fell on my neck and my brain in like my half sleep days thought it was a snake that was wrapping Mm. itself around my throat. Oh no. And so I woke up and I like threw the pillow across the room, like slammed against the wall. And I jumped, Mm -hmm. I was in such a panic. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And it like took me a minute to realize I'm in my room, I'm in my living room and there are no snakes here. (laughs) So so yeah, that, that, and that still stands out in my brain because not only was I like that hot and confused situation, I also thought I was near death and I was going to get choked to death by a snake.
1: That is one of my worst nightmares um i don't know if people remember the anaconda movie from like i'm gonna say 2007 2008
0: a snake flew i didn't like it
1: um i was not i could not even watch a i've been terrified of snakes my entire life and i could genuinely could not watch part of a commercial i watched one commercial once and spent the next 10 days in my parents bed Every time I went to sleep, it was I was in their bed, and so then my mom, because you know how like for big movies they like play the trailer for probably um, I don't know, I'm gonna say like um two months. Anytime my mom heard like the first like five seconds of the trailer, it was either TV off, Courtney out of the room. She was like, absolutely not, because <laughs> I saw literally I saw part of that trailer, and I, I best believe it was me and my parents sleeping together in one bed. And the worst part is I w- well I mean I was like eleven. 10 11
0: Scarcely so. I thought you're gonna be like I was 22 years old
1: <laughs> no even though occasionally I do sometimes <laughs> when my, but sometimes when I, have to, I have to do these on-call things for work and they're the worst um because I normally have to wake up so early it's whenever you see like a game on CBS Sports Network from like the WSL or like with mm-hmm. our partnership with Ada that starts at like 6 30 a.m there's one of us is on it making sure that like nothing happens to the feed like nothing weird happens Things like that. Um, And normally I have to wake up super early in the morning. Like I did one the day after I got back from England. So I had to wake up at 6 in the morning for a 6.30 kickoff. Um, And sometimes after I do those and I'm so tired, I just immediately go and get in my parents' bed. (laughs)
0: No shame. No shame. Don't Literally blame me. No
1: shame. Me. By that time, normally my mom's awake, and I'm like, I'm just going to go get in this bed and go take a all nappy-pappy, or I'll, or my mom just comes downstairs, and I'm like, so asleep on the couch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. Those early call times, you told me about those before, and uh, no thanks, and better you than me, because I would be fired already. I do not, <laughs> I don't function well in the mornings, so these yeah. things happen.
1: Zero out of 10 recommend working on a European <laughs> schedule.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, let's see. Well, it's good to be back. I'm excited. And uh, and this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to get into a lot of things. Courtney already mentioned she went to England. We know the NWSL is back. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about that and a bunch of things. But first, y'all know what we do. We read reviews. So here is a review from the homie, the good person, Jenna GT. Okay. I know All what right. Jenna this is, though. <laughs> In pure Jenna fashion, The title of this is I Cannot Be Stopped. Okay, (laughs) sure. Uh, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Please excuse the nicknames because she can't help herself and I just have to read them. This is one of the reasons why I read reviews on the podcast. Court Court and Andre, name a more iconic duo. I'll wait, still waiting because it can't be done. Where do soccer players go to get their uniforms? New Jersey. Get it, get it? Go Gotham. Go Bats, actually. Hashtag Go Bats. Do not hashtag Go Bats. (laughs) Hashtag Go Bats. (laughs) Uh, Truly, though, love the pod. Love y'all. Please read this on air. And also, uh, hashtag get, uh, you know what? I'm going to change these hashtags because it's hashtag get both of us to the World Cup. That's how I'm feeling.
1: Look, it's hashtag get Diaspora United to WWC 2023. Hashtag it start the campaign start the campaign
0: yeah it's it's a little long but you know what we don't care we need it to happen we need it to work I want to be there I need to be there if I'm not there I'm gonna cry and uh (laughs) Cordy um anything else to say before we move on
1: nope (laughs) I was thinking about saying something and I decided against it so
0: nope okay you look very pensive and so I was like all right I'm gonna give you space I'm gonna give you space to work it out and apparently you decided against it no worries no rush let's get into it (laughs) all right so as we talked about Courtney went to England uh, as y'all know, we are both big Chelsea fans, more so Chelsea women. Uh, I don't believe they have a men's team. Sounds fake. <laughs> you can't convince me. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, Courtney was there to see Chelsea women and just had the time of her life. And it says here in the doc that she almost died. So, I'm going to let her talk about that.
1: Um. Yes, I want to say what at, I'm going to say at approximately... 3.17 p.m. Eastern, Lauren James tried to murder me in person. <laughs> um, if y'all weren't paying attention, it was from a short corner routine where Lauren got the ball spun around, or spun truly in between two players and had a sumptuous spike that, unfortunately, Christiane Endler saved. Um, but it was heading towards the top of that goal. Um, and she almost murdered me in the process. I really almost died. Um no, but it was good. Uh, I can't lie. For a little bit, I thought I was going to be a mush for Chelsea and uh, became got deep in my feelings because I went up. Well, first I landed, and then I went up to see Chelsea play Manchester City. Chelsea lost and did not play well, um, which made me deep in my feels. Also, anytime I go to Manchester, England, it decides to be significantly colder than it needs to be, and yeah. uh, Manchester, England, you need to stop. You yeah. must be stopped. How dare you do this every single time? I it, Andre, do you want to know how cold it was the last time I went to Manchester, England, like before this trip? Um, yes. It was 56 degrees. However, it was July. <laughs> it was literally July. I was so mad. I went up there during the Euros and it was so cold I had to buy a sweatshirt.
0: That's an evil place. I don't recommend it.
1: It was like 95 degrees in England. I meant, sorry, I in know. London and in Brighton. And we went up to Manchester and it was literally in the 50s and 60s. And I said, how dare you? How dare you be this way? Um, So, yeah, I went up to, uh, yeah, went to Manchester City Stadium. Just as small as it feels, even though that's bigger than Mm -hmm. like most like WSL home stadiums. But it was still so small, which was baffling to me. Um, Tickets in England remain for women's games remained ridiculously cheap like it's silly how cheap it is all the time um i spent like more on a train ticket than i did an actual ticket for the game which is wild uh then what else i saw arsenal Bayern because i was bored wish i didn't go because i was in the rain and i said don't why am i here objectively
0: Uh, i have a confession
1: what's your confession
0: it was me and Silves who bullied you into going to that game. I know. Y'all were like,
1: You got it's like you're in you gotta go. And I was like, Okay. Well, and then I it thought was, you were gonna so get an opportunity to
0: like laugh at Arsenal as a Chelsea fan. I thought that would be great. And then they did what they did, it did and it was happen. cold and rainy, and I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry.
1: And then I learned that the tube stops around the stadium close. And I was like, yeah, It's a bad situation. I'm lost in North London. How do I get back? To to my hotel. It's wet and cold. How dare. I was like, also, Arsenal fans are happy. Gross. Yeah, um, right. And then they won. So I thought I'm double mush because at this point, Chelsea had lost and Arsenal had won. Mm, uh, right. So then I find, but after spending way too much money at Chelsea's store on Wednesday or Thursday, I saw Chelsea Leon. Yes. And it was okay for the How first 100 and 21 minutes <laughs> it went from good vibes to yeah. worse vibes to worse mm-hmm. vibes and then i was deeply in my feels because i was like i'm the mush i'm the reason why chelsea is failing however and then quickly turned on a head turned on its head and i had literally the greatest day of my life i became yeah. feral in the process i will say that <laughs> um i was booing players as leon players as they went to go take the <laughs> penalty kicks. I literally, beca- I wish there was a camera on me because I truly became the worst version of myself. That only happens specifically <laughs> around Chelsea Football Club and UVA Men's Basketball. I literally become the worst version of myself. Um, I, If people remember, unfortunately, um, UVA Men's Basketball lost during March Madness and I told about 10 separate people that I was cursing their entire family lineage and praying for their team's downfall. Thank you. Okay. I don't regret my words because i become <laughs> feral around UVA men's basketball. I know who I am. Um, it's important to have self-awareness. I, I was like, I know who I am, okay? <laughs> um, but then, first of all, that penalty, I died. Because for the first time, I actually watched all the penalties at once. Like Normally during mm-hmm. penalty kicks, when I'm watching them on TV, I like kind of close my eyes, kind of look away, deeply stressed out. And yes. in person, it was simultaneously more and less stressful because it was like, I'm here, so I don't have to experience a delay, but also I'm here and my heart rate is at like 115 right now. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, stood for the entire penalty kickoff. And well our sorry, penalty kicks. Well, and the craziest bit was that like fans started like leaving, after, especially after the second goal went in, because what I want to say that probably mm, happened, yeah. what, with like 10 minutes to go?
0: Yeah. Roundabout. Yeah.
1: And so yeah. we started tr- like trickling down uh, and then like probably with three minutes plus stoppage time to go, like fans are starting to trickle out. And I'm like, I'm here for the entire experience. I'm not going to leave. Everything in my body was like, leave. You're the mush. I was so deep in my feelings. I was literally having the worst time of my life. I was like this trip. I spent so much money. It is not worth it. I'm the mush. I'm having the worst time ever. But then... Marin, name of my future child. Um, (laughs) I saw you tweet. control on me. There's a record of
0: it now. So I, hey, um,
1: shout out to (laughs) Man (laughs) Stiff. Name of my future child. Okay, it might be a middle name. However, um, scored that penalty. And then I said, oh my God, it's electric here. This is the greatest time. Then I said, fuck, I have to then live through penalties. Um, But then the penalties happened. We won. I like, my voice got raspy. It was great. We were jumping. We were dancing. It was like starting. I think at this point, it was still raining a little bit, but the rain was actually starting to let up. Um, I was having the greatest time of my life. I got the two ladies who were sitting in front of me (laughs) to take a photo of me (laughs) after the game. And (laughs) I should probably send this to you so I can get a live reaction. I don't think I've ever smiled harder in my entire life. I literally, I sent this photo to Jenna and my parents. (laughs) and they were like i don't think i've ever seen you smile harder in all of your days Here, this photo because i'm literally uh, to andre latavius carlisle um i just texted to you i'm you can see how hard i'm smiling and how happy i am it was like immediately started dancing started si- like um singing blue as a color it was an absolutely magical experience and then I was like, oh, my God, this trip is so worth it. I'm having the greatest time of my life. Wow. How can I be so blessed to be here right now? Um, and then I almost tweeted never in doubt in all caps, which is normally what I tweet after Chelsea wins in a way. I yep. was like, definitely shouldn't have gotten this win, but never in doubt. But then I was like, <laughs> bro, I was literally prayed in the middle of the game and was in the worst of my feelings during this game. Did you get the photo?
0: I did get the photo.
1: And I can I be smiling harder? Every tooth. <laughs> literally every single tooth. See every all, th- <laughs> all 30. You see literally every single tooth. I'm smiling so hard. It's amazing. Um and it was the it was the greatest time of my life. I also got a really I got a really nice, I mean I now have a Lauren James jersey, reese James nice. jersey. Um and I also got one of the like coolest sweatshirts because Chelsea Women came out with like a uh, apparel line like just for them. And mm-hmm. I literally have now this black sweatshirt with like the tiniest little chelsea like the emblem of the lion right yeah. in the center of the chest and it is literally so nice it is so cool it's like so subtle and it looks so good um and so yeah i had I, andre actually almost called you like we need to get we need to get on the podcast right now we need a live recap <laughs> like <laughs> immediately um and so it was a beautiful experience and i'm now very happy i went but for a while i was not happy i went but then that but then after all the penalties are over, I was like, it's the greatest day of my life. There's nothing more that I love than this fucking football club. I still need to post an Instagram photo, but I was like, it's the greatest night of my life. I know no other night has ever been better. Actually, it's it's up there in the top two. Probably the greatest night of life is when you get one of men's won a men's basketball wonder national championship. However, this is right up there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, crazy. I'm really glad you went. Of course I was jealous. I was super jealous. Uh I will say I do your I was going to say, I do your technique and I don't really watch penalties and like, I can't watch every single one. I just kind of wait and listen to the crowd noise. And there are some that I'll focus on and others I won't. And it really, sometimes it depends on the penalty taker. Uh, So, but in this one, I couldn't watch it at all. I I didn't, and I did not trust myself to not watch it at all. So I actually closed out the entire YouTube window. And I didn't. Yeah, I I couldn't do it. I was like, my heart rate was already stressing up. Did you see my messages during it? Oh yeah, I saw I saw messages. I saw I I was on the timeline as well. So I was like, I was seeing things, but but like I would I just couldn't do it. And it was actually really funny too because after it afterwards we saw that Emma Hayes as well did not watch. And I was like, okay, so I don't feel so bad if the old manager of the team couldn't uh, couldn't watch either. But yeah, it was. It was just that and it was just waiting to see what the reaction was going to be. But I also didn't want to, you know, sometimes if you don't watch, then you'll scroll and, you know, people always tweet the update. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't want to see the little like, you know, green check, green check, red X or whatever. Like I didn't want to even see that because then I was going to get like anxious and it was going to make me pull the the game back up. So I was just like trying to distract myself, didn't do a great job. (laughs) And then I saw the timeline go crazy and I was like, okay, all right this is ex- now i however since i can tell the people i have watched the full penalty shootout at least four times oh
1: my god <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: it's so I have, good
1: i have to read let's see if i can read through this because oh i mean i have a really funny text about <laughs> who's more coffee this ref or um the manager of the us national team um however i just want to i want to read through my messages during this i'm trying to find it of my messages like during this game because (laughs) literally it goes for i'm gutted this is the worst day of my life this is the greatest day of my life (laughs) um and then it was just it was a magical moment i actually have not rewatched the penalty shootout i did i did feel deeply conflicted when um wendy's penalty got saved yeah and then when lj's penalty got saved i said please Please yeah. let Chelsea win this. Don't do this to my girl. I said, not my LJ. Um, <laughs> no. And then.
0: My one and only daughter.
1: My one and only daughter. Um, <laughs> but then, and Catherine and Bar- Berger is a superhuman when it
0: comes to penalty kicks. G. <laughs> Literally. An absolute G. That was amazing.
1: Like, there were some where people were like, she's off the line. But then you, like, see the replay, and I'm like, you no, she not. just feels it in her bones of which way the penalty is going. Um, I can't lie. It was a really funny moment um, as a person uh, born and raised in the United States when it was Lindsay Rand penalty that got saved. Yeah, and Vlaco was there.
0: He sure was.
1: And I was like, ooh, which I did <laughs> not know about till people were like, "Courtney, go find Vlaco," And I was like, babes, I'm, the, I'm on the other side of the stadium. Sorry. <laughs> um, I did not sit in the press box because I was feral. <laughs> during that penalty shootout, um but yeah, it was an absolute wonderful experience. And then I like was just beaming the entire way home. Saw Deanne Rose, thought, should I introduce myself? Oh, wow. I said, nice. nah. But that's de- definitely Deanne Rose. um And then I went back to my hotel room, and then I literally could not sleep. <laughs> 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 I was like having the greatest day of my life. I like ordered a hamburger. <laughs> I was like this is the greatest day of my life. Oh my god! uh And then that was it. And then I came. back that, That's
0: the only time the European like time zone actually works out in our favor. Like, yeah, we have to get up at 7 a.m. regularly to watch games live. But after like really intense Champions League games, we have time to decompress. But over there, it's like nighttime.
1: (laughs) It was, look, I didn't get, I didn't get back to my hotel probably until close to between 11, like after 11, because game kicked off at eight. And yep. then you have the entire game and then you have, you know, two 15 minute periods of stoppage time plus penalties. And then mm-hmm. of course you stay late and you're singing and the fans are having a great time. And then I was like, we, we need to go drinking, right? Right. <laughs> I didn't like, right. didn't really know anyone there. So I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to go back to my hotel. I like try to stop by the 24 hour or the Tesco near my hotel that stays open until midnight. And I was like, going to get some water smoothie and ice cream and have a beautiful time. <laughs> With my Shout American hamburger. Shout out to Tesco. <laughs> Shout out to Tesco. So yes, it was um a really beautiful moment. Um, and I got to watch Lauren James in person twice. I got to watch Bonnie Sean person, which was just an electric experience, even though I was at the wrong receiving end of it. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. All right, dude. Um got to watch Wendy Renard in person again. Yeah. Just glad bro, Mash, yo, <laughs> Emile Mahry in person.
0: Oh, yeah, she's ridiculous, ain't she?
1: (laughs) So I will say, because of my job and also Gotham and some stuff for the athletic, I unfortunately missed kickoff, Hmm. which because I'm superstitious, it worked out in my favor because I normally miss Chelsea's kickoff because I'm superstitious. Um, And so I come in and the game had been going on for probably like five minutes, if that. Um, But (laughs) all of a sudden, like... It was like one of those through balls that split between the back line. And then you just see this player making this like bended run down the wing. And she's so quick. And I was like, yo, who is that? And then I like looked on the back of my program, which like has like lists of full squad, like of both squads and the numbers. And I was like, of course it's Madre. And she was so quick. It was absolutely insane. And it was a beautiful moment. Um, And yeah, just watching all those players in person. I feel like it's hard. And I feel this way often about being able to watch games in person versus versus watching them online. Just, like, the viewing experience is so different. Yeah. Like, you can focus on a player for, like, 15 minutes if you want. Yeah. Um. Or even, not even just 15 minutes, but just, like, I just want to look at, like, what Ad Hegerberg is doing for five minutes. Just, like, see how she's running, seeing what she's doing. Um. And it's just so great. And also, I feel like, especially for... Like I think it's one thing for the NWSL if you live close to an NWSL market, you can like occasionally and if you can go to games. Like not saying that the quality that you see on TV is the same as the quality that you see in person because when you do see these players in person, you get you gain so much more like knowledge and insight about just how good they are. But like the difference between watching a Chelsea or a Manchester City in person versus just like having to stream them is almost night and day. Yeah. Because it's like you see them and you're like, I know this player is really good, or this player is having a really great game. But then you see them in person and like part of your brain breaks a little bit because you're like, I didn't think this was physically possible for it to be like this, but yet here I am. Like it was, it was so electric. It was incredible. Like seeing Lauren James in person, oh my God, she's literally, she is so much fun to watch play. Cause she just like has that street baller cool. Yeah. And, such like a nonchalance about her game which is just like you're such like you are such a baller um and yeah it's just it's like so insane to see in person or see like a player like wendy just kind of like glide across the pitch like she doesn't really run she just kind of like glides (laughs) like it's just it's absolutely fantastic um and i also feel like when you go to see games in person you really do get to see the quality of players who don't always get like all the shine yeah like I've always loved a player like Erin Cuthbert, but then you like see her in person, you're like, you really do so much. And I mean, part yeah. of that is because like you're not, you know, no camera angle is forcing you to watch the ball. You can just focus yeah. on a player for a little bit, or like a player like Jess Carter, who I know would, for example, when we started this podcast, Jess was not having the greatest seasons. Yeah. But like seeing Jess in person last night, or last night, still i <laughs> still emotionally in England. Um, but seeing Jess Carter in person, I was like. Yo, she is having such like a great like having such a great game. Or even when I remember I was tweeting back and forth with Frank Kirby Fright Club account. And cause you're like, the, the fullbacks are getting torched. And I was like, the fullbacks are getting torched, but it's because there's like literally no midfield. They're just like waltzing through. And it's just like the way you can analyze the game and you just pick up so much more. Um, and always hashtag go to games. But it was just an electric experience. And then sometimes you have the greatest night of your life because one of your favorite teams <laughs> in the world somehow comes back in the literal last moment of stoppage time. And you also get to see how terrible refs are.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Oh, my God. Seeing yeah. a bad ref on TV is one thing. Seeing a bad ref in person. Yeah. Bro. It, like, it literally makes you, like, want to, like, leap out of your seat. And I feel this yeah. so way even when I'm in the press box, like, because I'm like, you're just letting them truck you. Like, you're just letting the players hurt each other. Yeah. And, like, at one point it got, like, was getting dangerous, especially during that Chelsea-Leon game. Like, yeah. there were several times where Lindsay Hernandez was just like a heap on the ground. It's like, go and call the whistle. Yeah. Go and call the whistle. No. Okay. I guess this is, or like when, I mean, who is it? Um, Mel Lou yeah, Lupo's face. Yeah. If her and face the, was just gushing And the blood. thing is, I had no idea what was happening. Cause it was on the other side of the field. And so she was facing away from me. So I mm-hmm. just saw, I like got on Twitter and I was like, wow, that's a lot of blood. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever seen more blood at, coming out of a person. And I was like, what is going on? Um, and then I saw photos later and I was like, good
0: Lord. So I'll tell you on that one, it was wild because she was laying flat, like on her face and you know, the camera was like on her while she was on her face. And then the ref finally stopped play and she was still on her face. And then she turned around, like rolled over and the camera was right there. and Her face was right there. And Uh it was like the most like, dramatic reveal ever and everybody was just like oh my god <laughs> like that is w- a lot of blood is she gonna be okay and also ref what the hell are you doing
1: i felt that way and honestly the only reason why the ref called it was because chelsea got back possession and yep. they were like like i saw um what is it erickson like pointing at her being like are you going to call this <laughs> right. um and it's actually funny because in that situation like i saw several times where i was like the ref it's like kind of ignoring all the rules of refing right now.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: I was like, head injuries, you have to, like, you have to immediately call it. Yeah. Um, and she was like, nope, just kidding. I'm going to make this about me. And it was literally one of, I can't lie. And I really don't like um talking bad about refs anymore because hung out with Christina uncle a few times, asked her truly so many questions. It's one of the perks of working at CBS. I just like name drop pepper her with questions about refereeing. <laughs> um and so it's like you understand a lot more about refereeing but that was like particularly bad I was like I'm concerned for the health and well-being of all of these players
0: yeah yeah no doubt no doubt so yes Uh, I thank you for sharing like I honestly am super jealous I want to be there but also love hearing you recount it and also glad that you know like i said we 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 kind of peer pressured you to go to the Arsenal <laughs> game and so i'm glad you had like the chelsea experience of a lifetime i know it was my kinda, first like, time at the
1: bridge it. i was first like first
0: time too oh my god the first time i went to the bridge they lost the men lost to Bur- bournemouth so
1: oh no you to, you should have known it's always born. So yeah, it bournemouth I, and I like southampton it's like <laughs> why it's always Born With or Southampton even when that's we, wild like, that was your first one at the bridge that's,
0: that's cr- don't ever go back it ain't gonna get no better I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> my <laughs> first yeah my first time at the bridge and I like got out of there and I was and I like literally turned on the last song of um, Harry Styles album called Love of My Life <laughs> I was like I'm having the greatest <laughs> time of my life I'm just playing this right now and I just like played it on repeat while I waited for the bus um <laughs> and That's like my hilarious. phone and my phone also almost died like so many times um, but yeah it was it was a magical moment and i'm now very happy i went and now i but now i'm like bro i really want to go back for barcelona even though it would mm. probably be a different experience however i still would want to go cuz also if i get the see assista Oshawa playing person I'd probably melt on the floor
0: uh i did i was in barcelona and i did see the banger she scored against benfica oh so that God. was fun I bet it yeah. was delicious. Yeah, it was incredible. And it's, it's funny too. Like you said, when you watch games live, you can see things happen almost before they happen because you're like way more in tune to like the vibe of the game. And you could just tell given her energy. And when they gave her that space, you could tell what was going. And the fun, the, the great thing is too, because you have different angles when you're there than you can see. I mean, TV angles can be fine, but you also can see so much more. And as soon as she struck that shot, I was like, yeah, that's a goal. <laughs> mm-hmm. like like you could just tell sometimes what you can is the sound of the strike and everything like you can just tell sometimes and you're like yeah yeah that's a goal and that stadium it was the Johan Cruyff stadium it's mm, so okay. small it's How super, small, is super it? small it's i mean it's probably not even like i don't i don't think it's even 12,000 oh, it's wow. tiny it might be even 8 like it is really really tiny oh yeah that's uh, the size of
1: Manchester City awesome. stadium
0: is it wow
1: yeah, yeah manchester city stadium is i mean it's 7,000 but that's like still even Bigger than like Kings Meadow or what I think or something like Bournemouth or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's like those those stadiums are tiny. They're so small. No. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's a completely different vibe. Like, for example, seeing yeah, like going from like Manchester City stadium to like the bridge or even um going to the Emirates, it was like, oh, that's the vibe is completely different.
0: Uh Wikipedia tells me capacity is six thousand good lord
1: that is such a small stadium
0: it's it's super tiny so yeah we could there was like there was no bad seat which was cool but it was also like y'all need to be playing in front of the light and i'm which is why i'm glad they also play in cam new because they deserve to be playing in front of a ton of people but like Mm -hmm. when you have that intimate experience it's kind of wild because you're like this i should not be here watching this caliber of team but i am so i'm gonna have fun
1: yeah, I feel that way now. A lot of about a lot of women's teams. I'm like, it's cool that yeah. like we're so close, but also you should be playing in a much bigger stadium on a regular right. basis.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna move on because we still have a lot to talk about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we went a little long on that one, but that's okay. That's, that's what we do in my life. Yeah, we need to talk about these things. But the NWSL is back, so we're gonna talk about that in just a second. The NWSL is back. i missed it. You missed it. You better have missed it. I missed it. I know Courtney missed it. Courtney, did you miss it? I did. Okay, good. Good, good. It'd be, it, it'd be awful if you were like, nah. Anyway, do you want to know a funny story? I don't when really I, vibe with this.
1: When I got to England, I unfortunately had to deal with another, yet another time change because I got there and then mm. they lost an hour that night. Oh. And I ooh. was like... And I had a very early train to Manchester the next morning. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to get to my hotel. or I'm, Yeah, I'm going to get to my hotel. I'm going to shower. I'm going to go to bed early. And then I, then I was like, I'm just going to have to rewatch the NWSL tomorrow because I need to go get my sleep after being on this plane. And I was just up all night. I couldn't sleep for the living life of me. And then I still miss the <laughs> NWSL opening weekend. <laughs> I was like, I should have just stayed up at this point. Should have just yeah. been awake.
0: Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. Um, but... But, you know, you had fun. We had fun. Opening weekend was dope. I really, really had a, had a good time. You know, I was at the Spirit Game versus O.L. Rain, but just the whole weekend I thought was dope. Uh, so we are, what, two weeks in? And you know what? We're going to run through some big things. We're not really going to get into game breakdowns or anything just yet. I, I think we'll have plenty of time for that. I think right now, you know, there are so many teams that are you – know, there's like two teams that kind of look complete already. It's like Portland and San Diego. But I think a lot of different teams are kind of, like, building towards something, trying to, like, fit in new pieces, new styles of play, things like that. So we're just going to kind of, like, hit a couple big key themes uh, that we've seen throughout uh, the start of the season. Just two games in for everybody. You know where we got to start. You know where we got to start. I feel like everybody knows where we got to start.
1: Young so please, bubble
0: braid. <laughs> Facts. Pew pew, Facts. Pew, pew,
1: pew, pew,
0: pew, air horns. pew, pew. pew. <laughs> <laughs> all that yes correct Cosine. every um, episode
1: i try to make andre laugh really hard and that's so like i found my moment
0: you did you did and uh and you keep and you kept going which you got me so um but but yeah sophia smith two games in four goals already scored a hat trick against kansas city in kansas oh, city so shush the crowd because that's what she does now <laughs> uh you know and shout out to the homie tamara griffith because tamara asked her if she's in her villain era and sophia wouldn't quite say that she was but she kind of dropped some fire quotes if i'm honest and i'm and i'm kind of here for it because you know what sophia don't don't worry you can be in your villain era people still ain't gonna look at you and say that like you're a bad person or nothing you know you can be in your villain era because that's what we need in this sport I think the end of itself, would, it would be so great to have straight-up villains. And the way that she shrugged in the championship game, the way that she shushed the crowd, hey, no, wait, That one time she stepped over Wendy Bernard, this, Right? Right? I'm like, so, so, come on now. Like, we all know, we all know off the pitch you're a pleasant person. On the pitch.
1: Baby on the pitch. Assassin. Right? Yeah, she has been absolutely electric. I sp- specifically want to talk about, what was I think it might have been, was it the go-for-her hat trick? she dribbled through three players and somehow still got the ball on target or no that that might have been the slow
0: roller that was the second one that
1: was the second goal
0: yeah that
1: was just the level of disrespect right i said how dare you do this (laughs) and do it again (laughs) no she is absolutely fantastic um i feel like she probably heard people like maybe thinking other players would get the golden boot this season and just was like oh oh you you thought that i'm not gonna get my golden boot after i very narrowly missed out last season which is why that gotham game i wish she got a hat trick so that way she could get the golden boot but then gotham still tied um (laughs) and yeah she has still been absolutely electric um first ever career hat trick by the way
0: Mm, first first of many i will say
1: definitely going to be the first of many (laughs) and uh now she's the youngest The youngest player and the fastest player to 25 NWSL goals. And remind you, she got drafted in 2020.
0: Yeah, she's 22 years old.
1: Like, can you imagine (laughs) if COVID did not happen and they had a regular NWSL season where she did not get injured before what? Before the challenge or yeah, the challenge cup at the time. Yeah. Like, she's just absolutely electric. I wonder, like, how many, what, how many goals did Sam Kerr score in the NWSL?
0: Oh, a lot.
1: I know. I wonder, like, how many, like, how how close she. Well, I know she's not close, but like, how yeah. fast she would it would take, or how lo, Sorry, let me rephrase. How long it would take her to like hit
0: Sam Kerr's goal total? I mean, at this rate, especially because I mean, I think the thing that's also getting me about Sophia Smith is that she still, and I love what she said in the in the press conference that uh, today she was talking a little bit um, um, before the U.S. Women's National Team games this weekend. Um, And one thing that I really love that she said, she said a couple of things that I really liked, but there was, um, there was something else. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. She was talking about how she feels confident in her play and in her ability to just try things, to do things. And I think when you're a young player and you're so talented, like as talented as she is, that like that kind of energy is exactly what I think you need to have, because that's like how all the great players did it you know there are there are things that like she can do that a lot of players can't do and it is her right and i would say honors her like actual ability to find out what those things are to keep trying to do those kinds of things so like i always go back to that goal versus jamaica where she you know flipped the ball in the air and then outside the boot thing like you only do something like that (laughs) right you only do something like that if you have full confidence and the skill, but also if you're just willing to try stuff. And that's what I really want to see. You know, we saw, I saw a little bit of that sometimes with Trinity Rodman, and I want to see more from her because I think she can do um, maybe not the exact same things, but I think she can do some similarly outrageous things. And she kind of has a, a different game. She's, she's a bit more pass first, but I still think that like that's where I love when young players are, when you're just young, that outrageously talented, and you just, start trying to do stuff because you can do stuff that other people can't it's so much fun to watch it just like is instant joy it's instant entertainment it's just it's it's dope and so i'm really really excited that that's her mindset and that she's just going to continue to like have better and better seasons as she goes on so like you know you see her goal scoring her goal output increases by year and yeah she's already got four and two games and it doesn't look like that any of them were anomalies. I mean, she won the penalty and took the penalty <laughs> to start off the, her, uh, her hat trick run. So like, yeah, she has a way to impact the game in the box, way outside of the box. Did you, I, I rewatched her goals earlier today because I was writing something about her. Her third goal, she starts that run from inside her own defensive half. Mm-hmm. She received, she dropped that deep, received a pass, turned and spun away from a defender and then just kept dribbling it toward goal. And KC kept backing up because they didn't know what the hell to do. <laughs> they were <laughs> scared to death. And, like, she knows that. And, like, to me, when you can be dangerous in your own box, in, in your own defensive half and the the opponent's box, like, all right, there ain't too many things people can do to stop you. So, Andre, I have some stats for you.
1: Uh Sam Kerr, in seven NWSL seasons, has scored 78 goals, which is beaucoup. Uh Sophia Smith, and I'm going to say two and a half, because she like had the like the the fall series and what that was four games so it's like uh and two and a half seasons has scored 25 she's um yeah. she already a there. third of the way there yep um and if she's really it's really if i'm being my most honest self it's really two nwsl seasons yeah plus one fall series game like yeah you know uh so she's already a third of the way there really in significantly less time
0: I mean, honestly, it really to me it just depends on how long she stays in the league. I mean, I, I think if she wants another challenge, she can go somewhere else. And I've already been on record saying, like, at some point in the women's game, we're going to find our first million-pound player. And to me, that's it. It's it's just a matter of whether she wants to leave or not. If she wants to leave, she's going to be worth that easy, if not more, because. Like the people, the people who kind of make me laugh a little bit or sometimes, you know, how sometimes you got the, you know, the Euro snobs who kind of look at the NWSL and they feel like, okay, and they'll, and and they think that like Sophia Smith can't dominate over there. And I'm like, listen, I don't think y'all understand what we're watching week to week. I don't think y'all understand. Like, like, yes, I think Lauren James is incredible, but I think you look at Sophia and she has similar strength and balance and close control. And she is way more direct and she is a better shooter. She is a better pure goal scorer. She'd be fine.
1: I promise. Oh, you. she'd be fine. And and it's like, and they're, you know, they're two completely different players, both yeah. with the ability to immediately murder us um, on <laughs> site. But like, they're two completely different players. Like, you're telling me, we saw what Ebony Salmon did for Bristol. You think Sophia Smith on any top team would not murder <laughs> some folks? Yeah. Yeah. M- like murder many, but v- y'all go see look, they're gonna see <laughs> down under she's gonna murder someone. She's gonna put someone on the highlight reel.
0: So not if Flacco got anything to say about it for she I mean,
1: the thing is she has saved him on the occasion
0: That's very true. On really all the can do it again.
1: <laughs> if I were to actually to pick if everyone stays healthy and I were to pick like the two players who I very much believe are going to start for the World Cup, it'd be her and Mal Swanson. Yeah. Um but she's look, she's just gonna she's gonna murder someone.
0: Facts. Happen. Facts. Uh, you know who else been really balling?
1: The Bionic Lynn.
0: <laughs> 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 bionic Elpo, Lynn was. Yo, I'm. I'm so. I, first of all, I could not believe they read my tweet on snacks. That was like a, a lifetime achievement situation for me. So that was really fun. But also, right I'm. I'm way. super glad it was that one that they read because I, I needed Lynn to hear that. I just needed her to understand that, like, we are absolutely in awe of you and what you're doing and the fact that she just was like, yeah, wrap it up. I'll keep my arm at this weird angle and I'll just continue to play soccer. It'll be fine. I'll score the winning goal, in fact. And then, you know, the next game, we have a great photo taken by Georgia Suarez. Shout out to her, by the way. Um, dope photos uh, for these games. A perfect photo of her her in mid-stride with her boot flying off and her arm just bent up. <laughs> So,
1: yeah, let me let like, me break listen, down this play you for you Do it. <laughs> the entire time for gotham and mind you this is happening at like 9 45 at night because yeah. sadly gotham's <laughs> game did not start till 9 16 and i was like good god i also did not get home till midnight and i deeply wanted a turkey sandwich the entire time and i couldn't eat one um so <laughs> during, that play, <laughs> during that play during that play Uh, I believe it was, it might've been, I think it actually might've been Yasmin Ryan, but it was one of Gotham's midfielders at the time, plays the ball, like, like plays the ball down the wing and Sofia Huerta is like chasing it down, right? With Lynn behind her. And I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder if Lynn can get to this ball. I know Lynn is quick, but Lynn also has her arm just bandaged. And it's also like Sofia Huerta is very clearly going to get to this ball, right? Lynn gets there before her. Then Sophia t- manages to take the ball off of her. And then Lynn wins it back. So it was like the entire <laughs> sequence of events is like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden, in the process of her winning it back, like so she like wins, you know, tackles to wins the ball back, and then you just see like, I wish I could make the noise. But it was just like her cleat just like flies off and you're like what on earth is going on right now but her cleat just flies off and to me this play is like so emblematic of lynn williams as a player of working Mm -hmm. hard no matter what finding ways to win the ball back and then serves a great ball at the top of the box which i wish whoever i can't remember who the receiving gotham player was i wish they just hit it first time and like shot from distance but it was just like babes you don't have a cleat you just sprinted at least half the length of, length of the field, lose the ball, win it back, and then still plays a perfect ball to the top of the box. And it was so funny. And then, the, like, the ball swings around, Chris Muse gets it, um, and I am 95% sure either forces Fallon into a save or the ball gets, like, deflected out for a corner kick. And I have a very specific tweet about this where I was like, the corner's happening, and I was like, wait, Kelly O'Hara is putting on Lynn's shoe. Yes. because Lynn's arm is bandaged so she can't yes. put on her shoe and she can't also cannot tie her shoes correct um, and it was just a really delicious moment and it was like wow Lynn Williams is still so good at footballing activities and I just take immense pleasure that I can watch Lynn Williams every single week
0: yes yes <laughs> like I completely agree built different like, extremely different
1: <laughs> I'm trying to remember my, my tweet for about her because I was just like it's one thing seeing a player do something wild on TV. It's another thing seeing a player do something absolutely wild just in person. You're like, yeah, how? How on earth did you do this? Um, but yeah, I was just like in absolute awe of Lynn Williams. It was just absolutely magical.
0: You know what else we got to talk about? Friend of the pod, Messiah Bright. We done did told y'all.
1: The chip on her we shoulder
0: talk continues. Begins, done really. Did, told y'all. Correct. We done did told y'all she, she, Hey, she claimed it in her podcast with us. She wants that rookie of the year and Hey, she has a goal before a, hey, I ain't trying to put, I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to put players against each other. I'm just stating a fact that it's interesting. And I know Kansas city's having a lot of issues, but Hey, she got a goal before Michelle Cooper. And I think Michelle Cooper is somebody who people thought might be a front runner for a rookie of the year, mm-hmm. especially on that team. A lot of, a lot of season to go, a lot of players, Kansas city needs to get back. But given the way she took that goal, I thought it was incredible.
1: Oh, I thought that was and
0: first a of all, great like, goal. This is another thing where I want to, I, I want the NWSL to like understand and focus on this fact. Like this is, this is what we've kind of been missing because the angle of that, the, the aerial shot of that goal is what is why we could see exactly how good it was. Like you need multiple camera angles on some of these things to be able to truly show like the real skill involved. And so like the aerial shot of that goal was incredible because you see her fighting off two players, but not only that, it's the touches in between her battling two players that are so intentional and so perfect in that kind of high pressure situation that while she's running full speed and getting by defenders, she's also setting up a shot for the goalkeeper. So the goalkeeper comes out and she already has her spot picked out and she's already placed the ball where she wanted it and knew where she wanted to guide it. I thought that was like, that's, That's like veteran move stuff. And it was incredible to see from that angle.
1: It was, it was such, it was such a good goal because also one of the things about it, and I think, I don't know who tweeted this, but it was like a through ball, two defenders, also one of them. And look, we are Sarah Gordon Truthers on this podcast. 48 speed wear, literally impossible. However, (laughs) her first two touches are you like those are not rookie touches no a touch to get out like out of her foot and you think oh cuz also the fir- her first touch is shielding off a Sarah Gordon tackle Sarah yep. stuck her foot in and she got around her and then her immediate acceleration and then putting it like and then basically feeding it to the back of the net mind you the go- like D e. Heritage is rushing at her full yep. speed it was so good i like i Hollered when it went in. It was it was such a good goal against two like you know two veteran defenders of this league or a, I can't tell who the other player is but at least one veteran defender of the league. <laughs> Sarah Gordon. Sorry, I can't tell who that other person is. But it was absolutely delicious. Um, like it was such a such a good goal. Um, and she yeah she says she wants to have rookie of the year and I hope she goes and gets it. Um, I've also enjoyed at least during this game, watching Orlando play, I do wish the game really should have ended about five, four, I would say.
0: <laughs> yep. Just about.
1: And also like leaning towards Orlando. Cause I can't lie towards the end of that game. I was like finishing. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah. I can't lie how I feel about a lot of, the, <laughs> about a lot of the league. I was like, yo, when the shooters start shooting, also the anti for crossbar as well, which pained me deeply. Great. Um, But also another friend of the pod, Allie Watt. Look, she's starting to get some real good spaces.
0: Yeah.
1: Once you start getting the ball in the back of that net. Look, I'm telling you, Orlando, Orlando is doing good. Things are happening. I think it was unfortunate though, that they did lose at the literal last kick of the game. Something that should not happen. Um, And I know we're going to talk about VAR later, but there was also some funky VAR decisions. Well, no, they were not funky on sec, like on a second look of them. But it was like this is taking quite long to do things here for VAR. And it was like fifteen minutes of stoppage time, ever ever game,
0: yeah. I wondered when they when they were bringing v- VAR in if that was something that's going to happen because we saw that happen a lot in in like MLS, where a lot of referees usually uh, referee. And it was interesting to see. And so, like, I remember on opening weekend, I just tweeted, like, nobody in NWSL refs, like, there will be seven minutes of stoppage time because it seemed, like, not even just at the end of every game, like, at the end of halves. Like, before halftime, they were they were calling for seven minutes of stoppage time. And I'm like, hey, y'all, listen, I know, I know VAR is, like, a stoppage in play, but typically it's not a seven-minute stoppage, so we don't have to do this. But uh, hey, more chaos, I'm, I might be here for it.
1: I mean, I would expect, as the season goes on, those – the checks are gonna get quicker. Like obviously it's game two. So it's like the checks are gonna get quicker. The um and like them actually like going to look at things at the monitor is also going to get quicker. Let's hope. Because I also say during that Chelsea game, that VAR check was long. What well, was like three minutes and thirty-three seconds or oh something God, like that? Yeah in between. Yeah. And I was like, long, 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 long check. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that'll get faster. But yeah, Orlando. They got good things coming for them. I would also say the same for Angel City, too. I like Madison Hammond in the midfield. I like that,
0: too. But also, you know, we got to talk about Alyssa Thompson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bro. Excuse me? Excuse Bro. Me? I knew she
1: was good, but excuse me? Like, good God. She's built different. Actually, let me find let me find Sid LaRue's tweet about this. Because Sid was live-tweeting the game, and I was like, hello, ma'am, if you would like to come... um." First of all, start your own podcast, but also if you'd like to come on this
0: podcast. Um, yeah, to say, Sid, I know for, like you said, I she she tweeted something about a podcast, you know, like potential name. And I hope she's in the process of doing that and, and she's gonna do it because I listen to her podcast like as soon as it drops, like notifications on. But also, Sid, you know, you wanna do a little promotion, hey, hey, hey you know, we we good, we got you.
1: Uh, so after Alyssa won the penalty, she tweeted, yeah you're not catching her and then two emojis of (laughs) her running um and it's correct you're not catching her like the crazy thing is i want like what she's the second fastest teen in all of california right yeah like it's absolutely insane
0: and the wild thing is that and, and like you grew up playing soccer as well like i've played you we know that like pure speed doesn't always translate playing soccer like, Not there's excited. a lot of other things to do. There's a lot of technique. There's a lot of angles. There's a lot of things you got to get right if you're even going to make some sort of speed be effective. When you're moving that fast, it's really hard to do all those other things too. Seems like she got all that figured out, which is ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people. I mean, I watched people who were like probably fast enough to like run track in college who played soccer or started playing soccer late. And at first, you know, Like the first few games are so good because like no one can catch them. But then it's like, you know, defenders adjust and they like are, Mm -hmm. you know, smart and clever, blocking off through balls or no like, hey, this person's really fast. But their first touch is like kind of crap. But for Alyssa Thompson, it's just like, nah, she fast. Good first touch. You clatter her and then she pops right back up. Yeah. Like, like one thing's popping out and whack a mole like it doesn't matter.
0: And by the way, that's also another first round pick. Emily Madrill that she did that too. Emily I'm just not, saying
1: she did not have the best
0: game. Ever. She did not.
1: It was she not didn't. ideal. I wanted better for I did. <laughs> I, did.
0: I wanted. Better for, I think it's going. I think it's going to take a minute. And to be honest, they probably need to like find a different goalkeeper.
1: So that was a weird thing about the goalkeeper. I thought until that last play, she was like playing relatively well. Also, to be fair, I was like pl- paying attention. And then, like, sometimes I checked out for like five minutes. So maybe in the five minutes I would occasionally check out, like, she was not playing well, but I thought, you know, she was like playing relatively well. She saved a penalty, which I was like, you know, that's very much not easy to do. Um, but then that last play.
0: Yeah. It's, and, I, you know, I don't even want to, so like, yeah, I, I want to preface this sort of saying, like, I don't, I don't even want to like go at her because I do think that, like, there are, there are some things that need to, that, that need to be fixed a little bit. And I don't know. I don't know what the coaching staff has in mind, but I do think that like you, I don't know if they need to spend, spend the money, find a way to convince like a really veteran, very good shot stopper to be behind that young back line. But I think that's what you're going to need. Um, Because like if your goalkeeper's unsettled and you have a young back line, that's dangerous. And we kind of saw Fair. that in the Portland game too, because two of those goals from like Portland was great in the game, obviously. I mean, but you know, two of those goals were direct results of the goalkeeper just like pushing the ball directly to a Portland player.
1: Mm. And
0: you can't have that kind of stuff. Like they can't be that concerned with the ball getting behind the line. Cause that's going to happen with a young back line. So they are going to need to be bailed out from time to time. And if that doesn't happen then they're just they're like, it's, it changes the way they play and it makes them way too timid. And so I kind of just want to see it for the sake of allowing that, that back line to grow and develop a little bit together but you know, you 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 made a good point. Like, you know, saving the penalty is great. Like it's really hard to save penalties and unless like somebody goes up there and like completely whiffs on the ball or has a really poor shot. And I don't think it was the best shot by Emsley, but still if you dive the wrong way, that's rolling in. So guess right, got down low, was able to hold it. That is impressive.
1: Yeah, and I, I do think part of it too, um is also and actually I mean I didn't really want to talk about this, but I think it's like a, a good thing of well one i'm like are we making are we are we jumping to conclusions right now it's like technically it's like game two you know like a lot of things can change over the course of the season um but also sometimes i wonder because like for example i think abby smith the last two games hasn't looked like herself for gotham and sometimes i wonder if it's like a a thing where it's because the like i think abby smith particularly and i actually can't remember how old uh Orlando's keeper is but I want like for example like a player like Abby Smith who I believe is in her late 20s like I wonder if she's for example like the one of the last goalkeepers in the era of goalkeepers like not really playing with their feet in the women's game and I feel like um Juan Carlos Amoros because of just you know how he likes to set up his team tactically and playing style just like you know really likes like he wants them to do like really back to front almost total football at times um and like really building from the back and so I wonder sometimes it's like the instructions that players are getting like free. And I mean, very specifically for goalkeepers. Um, Cause I think if you give like a outfield player, not outfield, like baseball, but like a field player, um, certain instructions and it like changes their game, it makes them shift a little bit, but they obviously have like a lot more opportunities to pass and kind of get in the groove versus if you're asking your goalkeeper to do something brand new, then, you know, it might take them a little bit of time to get used to it. Like there were definitely a few times over during Gotham's game where like like Abby's passes were intercepted and it was like, a oh, like she almost, you know, almost got like caught from halfway um, or like in Gotham's um, defensive third. And that just also goes back to the finishing of the league. Anyway. um So, yeah, sometimes I wonder if instructions are also making sometimes a goalkeeper shift off, but also just kind of getting used to the league. Honestly, I feel like there's a reason why for the most part we don't really see Well, who is probably the last goalkeeper that just hopped into the starting lineup immediately? Like who got drafted out of college? Maybe Kaitlin Sheridan? Maybe? Maybe. I think that might be, yeah, maybe. So I don't know. I feel like with the NWSL, you kind of need some time to kind of adjust to like the league and a whole bunch of other things. Um, But yeah. And also I feel like it's hard to... I mean, I don't always have the best analysis of goalkeepers because I never played it. Well, that's why I played this one when I was eight, but I like <laughs> have, you know, haven't really played. But yeah, definitely like a, in general, an unsettled goalkeeper behind a young back line will not provide necessarily a ton of confidence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about three more things in WSL related. Um, you know, I think, a couple of them are interesting conversations uh one is a celebration and the other one is we got some problems um that we are gonna have to address so let's go ahead and do the celebration first because what are the problems we, <laughs> correct it's a problem we'll, <laughs> we'll get to it so the good news the best news the incredible news Sinead farley is back stepped on the pitch for gotham in the last game and it was just incredible you heard uh, Courtney, this is even before she signed. <laughs> you
1: heard me waxed lyrical about it for yeah. literally seven straight minutes. <laughs> yeah,
0: you did. And uh, and and listen, first of all, just the story itself is really good. I love the the photos afterwards too because I think Shim was also there and there were a lot of photos with those two on the pitch, which, you know, given the... Where the league... The league would not be where it is without them and their, their boldness and their bravery to tell their stories um, and what happened to them. So, like, there is... We do not deserve to have her back in the league. But she is back because she feels comfortable to be back. Shout out to Gotham for allowing that to happen. But also just like transition straight to the soccer side. She's a baller. Bro, not-
1: I've been waiting for this. <laughs> look, I I told y'all, I told y'all, look, in the words of David Stith, my I wish I I really want to like bring my dad. <laughs> Like, I just want to take my computer like right now and be like, Dad, give me two sentences about Sinead Farley. Um, Because I came back. Obviously, my parents were asleep. um, But I came back after the Gotham game to like my parents place. I was like, babes, it's raining. I'm not going to get a parking spot outside of my place in Brooklyn. Let me go uh, sleep my parents house for a night. And so the next day, I was like, Dad, guess what? And he was like, What? And I said, Guess who it signed for Gotham and just got her first minutes in almost a decade playing soccer? And he goes, Who? And I go, Sinead. And he goes, Best soccer player I've ever seen in person. Like, Love that. Like, <laughs> Love look, that. he was just like, Best player. And I'm telling you, she is, um, I was talking with my older sister about it, who is a former teammate of Sinead. And I don't know if it's maybe a little bit of a hot take, but Morgan said that Sinead walked so a lot of our current faves can run. And I'm talking about your great dribblers. Like, I don't know if you noticed, basically Sinead's first or second touch, she like nutmegged someone. (laughs) Like, she is so good. Like, and I mean, that's why I tweeted, I was like, y'all see why why I was excited? Like, she is such a good player. And I mean, I'm personally thrilled that Gotham... Like also gave her the environment where she felt comfortable coming back and playing in this, like, you know, being a professional athlete again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she is literally just so good. And I, I mean, I really want her to get more minutes for Gotham. I know Gotham is unfortunately having some problems and having some, I'll say more secretive injuries or like fitness yeah. issues. Um, like learned, like, look, I'm not going to lie. When, it was, when I tweeted Allie Long as center back. And the first thing I asked in that press conference, I said, hello, my guy. And he goes, Mandy had a virus two days ago. And I said, (laughs) okay, this is, a a, this change makes sense. Because a lot of us were like, sir, 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 make it make sense. Um, But yeah, I'm personally thrilled um, about Sinead coming in. It was also like kind of funny seeing, well, two things. Uh, One seeing... Emily Sonnet in the midfield and seeing her battle against Sinead. Cause I was like, mm, this feels very 2013, <laughs> like 2012, 2013. Um, and so, yeah, I was just personally like, obviously I was thrilled for her, but also it was just like, she is so good. Like, bro, she's like one of genuinely one of the best technical players I've seen like in the NWL, but also she, I mean, she used to play for the USM National Team, um, oh. or like bits and you know getting up there and a lot like her. It's like the ball, like the ball just sticks to her foot. She is so oh my god, she's, so, um, and so I uh, I'm literally beaming right now because she is just such a good player, and I'm so happy that she feels comfortable coming back to, and playing in the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a major thing. That's an absolutely major thing, and I don't think like I said she's there are a lot of reasons that the league is um, where it is and they're not all still, you know, involved with the game. Um, you know, she was part of it. We know that friend of the pod, Kaya McCullough was part of it. You know that a lot of players even before that and before that, and before that were part of it, there was a lot of unfortunately like sacrifice that had to happen, not had to happen, but that did happen. Uh, a lot of people who w- became victims <laughs> should not have. Um, and the league finally found a way to like, address those issues with some level of seriousness and that's great and you know I it's weird because I like I feel I want to celebrate Sinead because coming back after everything I think is incredible shows like a lot of you know resilience perseverance but I also ain't trying to throw shade on anybody who doesn't feel like that's their path anymore Mm -hmm. or that felt like was was too good to be like yo I don't know that was it this is it for me this was too traumatic I'm done with this sport I don't blame them either so like yeah for me it's like and that's why I, I appreciate you like focusing on like the talent because to me that's what it is like acknowledging the past of course I think is important but also just like there are, uh, there are probably a few players that we just missed out on because the end of Brazil was in a terrible place and allowed terrible things to happen Um, and so I'm glad in, in Sinead's place we're going to be able to see more of her talent and I kind of wish that it was the case for all the players that that went through shit they shouldn't have had it gone through because they deserve a chance to do this as well.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I know um we're gonna delve deep into the. We're starting to delve deep into the shit right now, but I also think it is important to hold space for both for people who do want to come back and people who are saying, you know, my my career is over and that's okay. I know friend of the pod Kai McCullough recently posted a photo for wearing cleats, saying like I'm back playing for the first time and seems relatively happy for that. And I think for us, it besides like understanding how much joy the game can bring some people, but also how much pain it can bring people Um, and really holding space for both for the joy and the pain for the people who want to leave the sport and the people who want to come back Um, or for the people who, you know, trudged through and never left. Um, Yeah. There needs to be space held for all of them and we're going to celebrate the wins, but also hammer down on the losses. And we're also going to slam the hammer down right now, honestly, at Kansas city. We recently heard from the mother of Micaiah Minnis um, about Micaiah's treatment by Kansas City. Um, we'll link the Instagram posts and, well, Instagram and now Twitter posts in the show notes. Um, but honestly, we've basically seen twice, I want to say, what, at the time it was twice in about 48 hours, would you say? That we heard from players, particularly Black players, um, not being treated. In the way that they should be treated by Kansas City. And we heard from Makaya that Loki, not only did we hear about things that were breaking the rules of the CBA in terms of players paying for their own flights to get to facilities, not, you know, paying for housing, things like that, um, which is completely against the rules set out by the CBA for all play, like all NWSL players, current players, trialists, draft picks, all of that. But we also heard that, you know, she was basically cut on a moment's notice without really being told. She really did not have a good time at all at the club. And and this is all coming from um, the posts that her mom put out, but also that she did later go to Orlando and had a very positive experience there, which is great. But it was a fir- like, it was a second instance that we had heard of Kansas city really for lack of a better terms, do it like doing a player dirty. We also heard earlier in the week uh, in the same episode that Andre mentioned of snacks, uh, Lynn Williams detailed how she came to Gotham. Um, And basically it was just that. And this was from Lynn's own words that Casey was really pushing for a trade from what Lynn said very much. Did not really discuss with her really kind of gave her what an hour, 90 minutes um, to either accept the trade. And I mean, Lynn did and said she wanted to go somewhere where like, they really wanted her, which was Gotham. We've had like you know two examples of players done dirty by this club, and I will also say, in in the response from um, her mom, Jordan Listro, well who's now Jordan DeMarco of the Ola- the Orlando Pride, tweeted and said, "Hurts my heart reading this. Brings back terrible memories." Had a very similar experience at this club, and then says, "Happy to be home in Orlando now." But it's. It's really it's like really not ideal that about how some of these players are being treated by the club.
0: Yeah. I think the league has a real test on its hand right now because they've written a lot of very good publicity and PR and excitement from Kansas City. And there are a lot of things that Kansas City have done has done that have been good for the players who are experienced in the league, who are, you know, have name, have a little bit of power, you know, they, you know, one free agency, you know, you get Gattrall, you get DiBernardo, you get DiBinia, and a lot of that had to do with the excitement from the investment, building the new stadium, you know, building the training facility, having it staffed with, you know, um, nutritionists and, and just things that professional athletes need. So they met that need as well. And you hear about all this good stuff and the league loves to promote those things. But the way that it's stepping, that that club seems to be stepping on some other people is not good. And like I said, even even some names, like you mentioned, Lynn Williams. We know Lynn Williams. She's a former MVP in this league. And they did her dirty as well. And there's just like, I don't know. It's It's weird because we've heard a lot of, we've heard a lot from you know players you know of course Micaiah's story which is another you know we were just talking about holding space for players that that are on both sides of either continuing to play or not and it sounds like Micaiah's kind of like moving on and it's kind of really sad to see that a situation can be so hurtful especially your first introduction to like profession the professional world and it's so horrendous that you're like you know what I'm done with this like it's just it's not even worth me pursuing this and putting in all the effort for it to like get better or whatever. You know, whatever the the emotion is, um, it's it's sad because it's a very talented player um, and would like to see that and to have that ruined and robbed in 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 a single off season. You know, that to me, that's just that's not right. And I, I hope the league takes a serious look at that. We've heard and kind of can already see, not just from like rumblings, but you can kind of see in these stories, Menissa's story, Lynn Williams's story, Listro's story, that there's something that is the break. There's there's a breakdown in the people part of handling a team because you don't treat people this way. There's like things that you're supposed to be able to do, <laughs> uh, and I know it's it. You know, people will say like it's a business. This is that. Yes but you're still in a people business. You still need people. People are still trying to do their best to earn either a livelihood, be settled, like have a have a career, perform, do all of these things that they're asked to do as top tier professional athletes. And there are far, if you look at every single one of the situations that we know about, there are far better ways to handle those situations. And I feel like it's very easy to see that. And I feel that somebody's just being intentionally obtuse if they think that, oh, well, this is just sports. This is just business. This is what happens. It's not personal. But it is. It is. It's a people business because you need people to reform. You also need people at their best. And the only way people play at their best is by treating them correctly. And so it's it's frustrating to see that from this, from any club, but from this club in particular, because I also feel like they're a bit shielded by a lot of the good headlines that they've received. And that should not be the case. So I'm really hoping the league takes this stuff very seriously, does a real thorough investigation. We know what's out there. We know the people who have the receipts, and I hope they talk to them, and I hope they take those seriously because this can't really continue. And you can't really have a team be in the spotlight the way that they were, and and they are, and not also hold them accountable. So... Be very interested to see how Jessica Berman handles this, but I know how I want to see it handled. Whoever is in that organization who can't deal with the people stuff, you got to find another thing. You got to find something else to do because this is way too many stories and way too much shit.
1: Yeah, actually, I can tell you what Jessica Berman said. So Meg Linehan asked Jessica Berman about the post, and Jessica said, "And we do, and we can say that the NWSLPA is looking into this." um jessica said quote i was on the plane yesterday flying to kansas city when the post came out and it was immediately brought to my attention when i landed i called megan burke who is uh for context is um head of the nwslpa um and then she continues i spoke to angie and chris long for context those are the owners of kansas city um and then it continues we were on the phone very early this morning all parties together we share a commitment in that we take all of this really seriously. We want to understand what happened in this circumstance. We're incredibly sad that 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 was her experience, and we want to see how we can improve in the future and learn from this. So I have a lot of confidence with people that are around the table, both proactively to create positive environments as well as the people who are prepared to be responsive in real time when there are challenges and we're committed committed to see it seeing it through. Um so, like, Kind of a I mean to me That's like kind of A standard response But um, I do have At least a little bit Of confidence That given That like I've I've confidence in the PA (laughs) So it's basically The easy way I can say this Um, That I have confidence In the PA And we also Must Not forget that Kansas City was one of the teams Cited in the joint Investigative report Of um, basically having Retaliatory environments On players as well So yeah Lots Lots thing think about um, and something that I think, you know, when new things start and new seasons come around, obviously we're so excited about, you know, games and players coming back from, you know, for example, pregnancy and all the strives the NWSL has made. But despite those, there's like bad actors still need to get out of the paint. You know, we know that, for example, the Chicago Red Stars have not been sold to a new owner. Neither have the Portland Thorns been sold to a new owner. There are still... People who should not be influencing the game, potentially influencing. Any yeah, other still bad actors that need to get out of the paint.
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, and yeah, I agree with you on the statement as well. Um, and my confidence is definitely in the PA uh, more so than in WSL, but you know, it's it's also part of the PA's job, and I think they're in a very strong position. Um, so I'll be looking forward to see how this story kind of like progresses and what actually ends up happening as a consequence um, to, to a lot of this because you know all it or it kind of takes is one like you said we 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 heard Lynn talk we heard Nicole Menace talk and or post a post a um a statement and then we saw other players kind of step up and say like hey this was this was not good either so if there's there's a pattern smoke fire that kind of deal these are the kind of things where you can look at them and you can be like, OK, you know, maybe it's just disgruntled players or whatever. But nah, these are these are professional athletes like they understand. They know the game. And so I, I would I would also challenge people to have those reactions. Because really, honestly, those reactions come from misogyny. That's it. Because only only dudes say that say stuff like that. Well, they're just as if they're so familiar. They're more familiar with the professional what it takes to be a professional athlete than women who are actually professional athletes. So that stuff really makes me mad. But it's also like, no, nah, that's not where we're at right now. Like, if you take a look at it and you see there's a pattern developing here, that's how you stop some of the behavior from getting worse. And so to me, this is where the NWSL really needs to step up and deal with this because if they do not deal with it in a significant way, it will become it, the pattern will continue and then patterns always escalate. We're going to get into Heated and Hype and get out of here. We know it's a long episode, but but I've said it before. If y'all are long-time listeners, you know every time we go a week or so without talking to y'all when we get back on the microphones, we got a lot to say. So if you made it this far, thank you, and we're going to hope to make it worth your time in Heated and Hype because it's, it's a feature of the show, a recurring feature of the show. We like it. We love it. Courtney, what's got you hype?
1: Don't you mean what's got me heated? You
0: know, well, all right, fine. We'll go with... Uh, that's
1: that's the way okay. we call it heated and no, heated. I, I, I know, I, I just had it mixed realized up it. The dark, I know, I literally just there. realized it. I said, wait a second, what am I heated about? Um
0: Let's do honestly, that. Honestly, I just,
1: like, need naps. I'm not, like, really heated. I'm just, like, tired. i like, got okay. just tired. I mean, technically what I'm heated about, except it's not, like, really a heated because it's basically the writing of the wall that, like, we're always... We're just like used to, which is that sports journalism specifically like very specifically sports journalism is just like very white and very male <laughs> like that's like uh so today, I believe this is yeah, the Pew Research Center like basically did a whole s- survey about like what like what beats journalists write about make content about all that stuff um and then you see the the graphics of sports reporting. <laughs> They are grim. Eighty-three percent of sports journalists identify as male. Eighty-two percent of sports journalists surveyed identify as white. Whole bunch of white guys. Yeah. Which, as a black woman in sports, my very much my lived experience. Bunch of white guys, and honestly, part of this too is like a bunch of white people. For if we're being honest, for the top four male sports in the U.S. are heavily dominated by black folks like yeah. heavily dominated by black folks and if you what because what the big is, uh hockey wait is hockey a big four sport i don't know anyway i'm just saying the two big sport like the two biggest of the big sports <laughs> i'll say in the <laughs> nfl um and the nba and then honestly if we even want to go trickle down a little bit and uh talk about college football and also college basketball those are also two sports that on um, the men's side that are and well, there's no women's college football. But anyway, um, are also sports that are very black. And it also counts on the women's side of women's college basketball as well. But also, if you think about the WNBA, that's also an extremely black sport. We know it's not the exact same for the NWSL women's soccer. However, that is changing. Ties mm-hmm. But also, if we want to talk about soccer on a global scale. The majority of people playing soccer no. are not white.
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah,
1: <laughs> on the men's or the women's side, like it yeah. is truly a global sport and reflects the diver, like literally the diversity of, of the world. Um, and so yeah, a lot really a lot needs to be done, uh, specifically in the U.S. to make people who are covering these sports look like the people they are covering. Because as we know, the content changes and the content gets better. And I, Andre, I feel like this is also a great segue into what you are heated about because there are a whole bunch of people talking specifically about women's college of basketball that not only have never watched this sport before, um, but also are just, at least from what I've seen on my Twitter timeline, a lot of white men sounding off.
0: C- correct. Yes. And that is, that has been my heated. And I'm not going to give, I'm not going to name names or give them any pub, but y'all have seen them. I'm sure you've seen the tweets. I'm sure you've seen and heard the reactions from some people And I know I don't want to validate those reactions, but the point for me about why it's important is that for me, it's about protection. And for me, it's also about every Black person, every single Black person in America, maybe besides Kanye West and Candace Owens, but every Black person in America knows, knew exactly what was going to happen, exactly what was going to happen in those moments. Not only did you beat a team full of of Black women, beat a team full of white women, we knew exactly how that was going to go. And it just meant that it really just mattered, depending on like the reaction of the Black women in celebration, it really just mattered how coded or not coded the response was going to be. If it was just like handshake line celebrate, oh, you still would have heard some coded stuff about the way that they played and things like that. Don Staley brought that up as well, talked about her team and how she hears them, how she knows the way that they talk about her team. And it's not right because it is coded. It's all racism. And, you know, of course, when you saw Angel Reese with her celebrations, you know, the ring, the hand in the face, you just knew white people ain't going to be able to handle this. And the funniest thing to me is I want more white people to be embarrassed about the fact that other white people don't think that they're strong enough to handle stuff like that. Like, to me, that has to be the reaction to to this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, you want to throw on your cape for me? As if I'm not strong, I'm I'm an ad like that's Caitlin Clark. She's a monster. She's been great all season. She'll be back. (laughs) Like you don't need to protect her. You don't need to like put your cape on and try to protect Ann Hathaway, which is hilarious. I'm sorry, Sydney Coulson corner Hathaway is one of the funniest things. (laughs) But still, like I'm just, it makes me so frustrated to be like, why don't y'all feel like? Why don't y'all feel some embarrassment for that kind of thing? Because it is embarrassing. It's like other white people are telling you that they don't think you can handle that. I know it's also that they don't think you, they don't think you should have to handle that because you shouldn't be in that position, subservient or whatever, on the other end of that for under you know a black woman. So there is that that aspect to it as well. But when they come in with their capes, what they're really saying is they don't believe you're strong enough to handle that. And I feel like I'd be embarrassed if that was me. If the if the if the first lady was like, "How about you come to the White House too?" I'd be like, "No, don't embarrass me like that. I'm good. Like I didn't want to lose. I lost. I can handle it. I'm an adult. Like it'll be fine." So like, yeah, I just I just want people to start looking at it from that perspective because it's like it's weird to me when stuff like that happens and and, and the conversation is for like. The black people to have, you know, it's for it's for us in media to talk about, you know, who, who have the perspective, who are black, who understand the dynamics going on at play to explain why this is bad, why this is stupid, why this doesn't need to happen, why you don't need to coddle them, what you're actually doing when you coddle the white players and, and the white people or, and you take away and detract from the from the accomplishments of the black players just because you're really focused on centering and, and the, the white players that were sad or whatever. But for me, you're also just showing that you don't think they can handle it. And that's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous so for me that's my heat is just like stop and get more embarrassed about this stuff and respond to it like that like i appreciated what caitlin clark said finally when she got on espn and was saying like no nah, that's the game like i respect angel reese i respect her game like but that's like that's she's getting praise for that but that's like a basic reaction <laughs> it's like it's the reaction she should have especially because she talks a lot of shit herself and so you know if you talk shit and people talk shit to you that's the game small it's this is what happens so like for me just be more embarrassed about that kind of stuff and be like hey we don't we, like we good enough to handle that it's fine it's fine we don't need that um
1: wait oh sorry also i would like to add one thing that i am heated about i forgot about this is that um for specifically a lot of white people in this country there is no way for black women to celebrate or be great or really take facts. joy in themselves and if y'all were doing the actual work that you said you were doing in 2020 this would not bother you facts
0: that's honestly, that's a mic drop. I wish I could end the podcast there, but we got to get to our hype. So <laughs> you have to do it and figure out uh, another way to end the podcast. Cause that was, that was a banger. I agree.
1: I've been meaning to tweet that and I hadn't had a chance. Drop it. Mic drop. Anyway, I'll tell you what I'm excited about. I mean, I don't really have a hype. I'm just really excited that Chelsea decided to murder me a little bit and then I came back to life. Um, and so really that was just the joy that I've been holding with me and lauren james tried to end me and so did chelsea football club but to be fair chelsea football club tries to end me once a week at this point um but yes yeah, some joy with that real excited about that andre what are you hyped about
0: i'm gonna go ahead and celebrate because i ain't gonna let the idiots you know take over and dominate the conversation that was an absolutely dope women's tournament uh the basketball tournament i it was absolutely incredible i like like all the game i not and y'all know like i'm I hop in these things like the same as everybody else. You know, I did a bracket. I was trash at it. It's the way it goes. And uh, and, but but you know, as you follow the teams at, throughout the tournament, as you follow the players throughout the tournament, just like I I tweeted it multiple times on the timeline. But just like it was absolutely fearless basketball, just like incredible. Just seeing teams just go at each other. Every player is feeling. Yo, Jasmine Carson in the in the first half of the championship game shot 100 percent. a shot it was that's insane and everybody was looking at caitlin clark to have that kind of performance and then jasmine carson came off the bench and was like oh y'all here okay well while y'all here go ahead and look at me and i, I don't remember if it was 18 or 21 points but either way it was ridiculous in the first half uh, her shooting performance and I also just give credit to like those LSU players because the game, the officiating in the game was bad, but they adjusted. They adjusted and they ended up playing Iowa's game better than Iowa usually plays their game. And it's it's just the versatility of that squad that I think didn't get celebrated enough uh, in, the, in the aftermath because of all the bullshit. But like Angel Reese, absolute baller. You know, uh, uh, I mentioned Jasmine Carson as well. Like the whole the team was just dope. We ignoring the coach because we know she's extremely problematic, and I do not like her Except at we all. We
1: are not ignoring the coach's outfits because they have been keeping me rolling for weeks. <laughs> that bird, where she looked like a flamingo, just the worst. She's she's
0: she's the worst. She's she's just the worst. So yeah, I I I'm I'm very mad that I tweeted we couldn't find a way for for Angel Reese to win and that coach to lose. But you know what? Uh, seeing Angel Reese excited, seeing her, you know, I, I believe, I believe the NIL deals are coming, the the price, the price is going up as she said. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for all of this. I love it. And I just want to like, I'm already excited to watch the tournament next year. Uh, and this is what happened, you know, the investment in, not the investment, but just put it like the access. And, you know, they only, the NCAA only allowed them to start using March Madness branding last year. And then this year they pull a 9.9 million, peaking at 12.6 million for the championship game. Incredible. So, like, yeah, and I, and the the also the extra dope thing is not just the players, the performances and everything, and and little beef, you know, you know, Angel Reese and, and, and Caitlin Clark, you know, trying to like going back and forth with all the gestures and the trash talk and all of that man, I, I'm like, I'm hyped to watch it. Like, I want to see all next season. Like I'm gonna tune in much earlier than I did this time. It ain't going to just be for the tournament. So like, I'm, I'm hype. I'm extremely hyped right now. And I hope it carries over to next year because I feel like we're in a, we're in a really like great era of this basket basketball, uh, women's basketball and this tournament. And uh, I know some players coming back who were injured this year and could have had a, a say in the tournament as well. Like we're in a good spot. And I'm just really excited that this is that is getting the attention and the publicity because as we saw, the players deserve it.
1: Decided not to. <laughs> I
0: thought you. I and thought you had uh, something
1: to say. I once again I was, but then I decided not, and then I and I ooped myself. <laughs> um. So. That's it for this episode of just for United. <laughs> see. See you next time. <laughs> I need to go to bed. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora U-T-D-P-O-D. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.